Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. So I just want to, you know, thank you all for being here today on such a glorious day outside. It's a glorious day in here. Worship was awesome in that last song. Beautiful. You know, Hilda, I haven't spent much time with you. Oh, my gosh, girl, you can sing. Such beautiful voice, and that was a beautiful song. Just thank you so much for blessing us with that. You know, I just want to, I just want to give a shout out, you know, to God and thanking God. He's healed Pastor Dave. You know, and I just, you know, this opportunity has given Pastor Dave a time to rest. You know, Ina still needs to get her rest, but we'll discuss that at a later time. But we just thank, you know, them for trusting us to be up here and speak to you guys. They're very protective of their flock, and so it's an honor to be able to do this. So I just want to start with a prayer and just open up that, Father, just use us to bring your word. These aren't our words, but this is a word that you have placed in our hearts. Just guide us and direct us. Open the hearts to receive what you would have your children to hear and to receive and touch their hearts today. And we just thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, as you can see, our title is The Woman Question. You know, you might think what that means and how we came about that. Whenever they ask us to speak, we always pray, and Tim's like, okay, well, you pray about it, and I'll pray about it, and we'll come back together and see what God has told each one of us. And every time, he gives us the same topic. Sometimes he gives Tim two topics and me one topic, or vice versa, but we always have one topic in common. And so it's been, I don't know, probably three, four weeks ago, we came up with this topic and been working on it. And which, surprisingly, I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but are here and through different outlets and stuff, what's been going on with the Baptist Association, how they've kicked a couple of churches out of their Southern Baptist Convention because they will not allow women to be pastors. Our teachers within the church, they cannot have no form of leadership or authority. So a couple of big churches got kicked out of the association, and a, yeah, and then a handful have decided that they're not going to be a part of it because they believe that the word actually does doesn't say that women can't be pastors or teachers or leaders. So they left the association. So that kind of just gave us a confirmation that this is something that we need to know. Yeah. So if you look at John 8:32 our first verse And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So that's what we're here. We're going to try to show you the truth in the word about what it says. And the truth will set you free. And we know that the truth is what the word says. The word is the truth. That's God's word and it is true. So that's kind of where we come from. We're going to hit on some other scriptures later on that kind of is the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. But I want you to know that there are some credible and powerful servants of God that we see today and all through history. We have heroes in the Bible that we talk about all the time. You know, we talk about David and Abraham and Moses. There's a whole number of other ones. We always talk about the males. Today we're going to talk about the women, okay? God called, God called both men and women into the kingdom of God. He used women in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and he is still using women today. And we're going to touch on each one of these. Amen. So, um, wow, what a timely uh, subject. So, 
Um, and we definitely want you guys to know, especially the women, that uh, God is ready to use you in every capacity. Every capacity, if you have a willing and obedient heart. So, so uh, number one, we're going to start on so the Old Testament women of faith. Women who were a part of the lineage of Jesus in Matthew 1. And I specifically char- chose these because they're written in the New Testament by Luke, who was an associate of Paul. All the information that Luke got came from Paul. So, um, and he is going to be the subject of uh, some of these verses that we're talking about later. Um, so the first one uh, we want to talk about is Tamar. So if you go to Matthew 1, there's all the men, all the lineages, all these men are, are listed. But then all of a sudden you have three women, only three women um, uh, listed. And one of them is Tamar. So in First uh, uh, Chronicles 2 and 4 says, And Tamar is the daughter-in-law, bore him Perez and Jerah. All the sons of Judah were five. Well, who is this Tamar? right? Um, not many of you guys have heard of him, but wow, what a story. It's kind of like, you know, I call it a Jerry Springer uh, story because she actually married her father-in-law. <laughs> what? What? And she, she's part of Jesus's lineage? Why? Because she had a true and faithful heart, right? Her husband had died, which was one of the sons, uh, Judas' sons. And so it wasn't that, you know, she just left the, the son to marry the father. But the, 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 the brother, uh, her husband died and then wound up later marrying. But t- let me tell you, if you go read that story, you're going to go, what? <laughs> Jesus? Jesus had a, a grandmother named Tamar, and she did What? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we find out, if you read the story, Judah's the one that was actually in the wrong, not Tamar. Um, but anyway, God used Tamar, and she wound up being part of the lineage of Jesus and mentioned in the New Testament in, um, in Luke. So, A second one that was mentioned in the lineage is Rahab. I'm sure we've all heard the story of Rahab. Pastor Anna I and I did a sermon one time about, you know, holding the rope, you know, rope holders and about Rahab. But Rahab... Um, was a Jericho harlot that is in Hebrews, you know, as a hero of faith, and she was part of the lineage of Jesus. So if you look at Hebrews 11.31, by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And in Matthew, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, Rahaz begot Obed by Ruth, and then Obed begot Jesse. So that's just an illustration of how it's always... The males begot, the males begot, the males begot, and then they threw in these women. So when they just throw in the women, they're of importance. They're part of the lineage of Jesus. And Rahab was a harlot and, you know, a prostitute and who did wrong. But look at what she did. She turned her life around, and God used her. So it doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've done, what you feel like you're done, you feel like you're not worthy enough, you're not righteous enough, you're not good enough for God to use you in the kingdom of God, that you're so wrong. He will take you from wherever you are as long as you have a willing heart, an obedient heart, and you turn to him, he's going to use you in ways that you could ever imagine. Do you think Rahab ever thought that she would be a great-great-great-grandmother to Jesus? The Son of God? I mean, how awesome is that? You never, you know, she didn't, never would have thought of that because of what her lifestyle. And when she chose to help the spies that came in 
and saved them, her whole family was saved. That's right. <clears throat> Little did she know that she was going to be the great-great-grandmother or maybe great-great-grandmother of King David, the greatest king that Israel ever had. You know, yeah. sometimes, you know, we see where we are and, you know, how could God use, use me? But, you know, God has a, a, a plan. And if you follow his plan, wow, the, the, what could happen? I mean, the sky's the limit, right? If we fall off to God with a whole heart, it doesn't matter about your past. What are you doing now? You know, where's your heart toward God now? So the other one mentioned is Ruth. And, you know, we like Ruth. You know, we, we share that all the time. Uh, but she was a Moabitess, you know, um, which the Jews absolutely hated. But she winds up being the great-grandmother of King David, right? She married Boaz, the, the grandson of Rahab, <laughs> you know? Here's another woman that basically left her gods and chose God, right? She had a sordid past, but then she chose to follow after God and look from what God was able to do for her. She wound up being the great-grandmother of King David and also part of the lineage of Jesus. It does not matter what your past is. It matters where your heart is toward God now. If you have a willing heart, God will use you and use you mightily. So the three fill-ins for number one is Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth. So there's more women in the Old Testament, too. I mean, we could go on and on and on talking about the old women, the women of the Old Testament and what they did and the heroes that they were and what they did for the kingdom of God. But we're, we don't have all day. We have so many things to go over. So we're going to move on to the New Testament. So if you look at the New Testament... And the women of faith in the New Testament, we're going to start with Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was truly blessed and highly favored to be known as a mother of Jesus for all eternity. What a title. You know, we all have titles. You know, you're Mr. and Mrs. or doctor or attorney or nurse or, you know, pastor or teacher. Or, we all have titles. But can you imagine having the title of mother of Jesus? How blessed and highly favored was she to have that. And if you look in Luke one thirty eight, it says, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So an angel came to her. And I'm not, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always been told she was about, probably about 14 years old. Can you imagine being 14 years old and having an angel appear to you and say, You are going to have my son. I would be scared out of my mind. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong person. There's no way. No, 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 no. I can't. No, I am not. But she was calm and collected. And she said, let it be to me according to your word. Whatever your word says, whatever you say, Father. So if God is calling you to step up and help be an usher, Oh, I, I, I can't do that. Or be a greeter. Oh, I don't talk to people. If God is calling you to do that, he will give you the strength. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the, the oomph to do that. He will help you do that because he's called you to do that. So, and, you know, and so Mary was 14. You know, so it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, in the Old Testament, Sarah was how old when she had her child? 
who turned out to be, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. If God is calling you to do something, it's time to step up and do it, to be obedient. Mary was 14, you know, still a child. We can be obedient and do what God has called us to do. Amen. So, uh, you know, she had a willing and obedient heart. So where is your heart right now toward the Lord? So uh, B says, who of the followers of Jesus had the most revelation and understanding? Was it Peter, James, or John? No, it was his disciple, Mary Magdalene. It was a woman. (laughs) She was the only one that understood that Jesus was to be crucified. So let's look at uh, John 12 and 3. It says, Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his his um, feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. John 12 and 8. For the poor, Jesus said, for the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have. Now, um, uh, let's see. So, I'll, I'll read that next verse in a second. So, she was the only one that understood that he was to die. The disciples, the Peter, James, and John didn't know, right? They kept thinking that he was going to be the king and set up the kingdom right then and there. Right? And they were going to rule forever from that, that kingdom. But she understood that he was to die and that he was going to die soon. So she did this to prepare him for his burial. And he said of her that this would be said forever about her for, for to, to memorize her. Right. Um, she was a very important person. OK, um, let's see. It would be. A, let's see. She was the only one that understood that Jesus was to be crucified. She's the only one that sat at Jesus' feet and understood the things that he taught. You know, wow, what a woman of understanding and an open heart to, to receive and believe the things that he said, right? Sometimes we hear things and we're, we can't receive them because we, we have a trouble believing them, you know? But if you just open your heart, hear him, trust him, you know, and do what he asks you to do or believe what he, he says, wow, what he could do through you. So uh, C says, who did Jesus appear first to after his resurrection? Now, a lot of people, if I asked them this, they were like, oh, wasn't it Peter? You know, uh, Peter and John, maybe James? No, it was Mary Magdalene. Okay? She was the first one that was sent by Jesus, by Jesus, to tell the apostles who were hiding in a room behind a locked door. That Jesus was alive. He had risen like he said. And you know what? They didn't believe her. And it's probably because she was a woman. Now, who was this woman, Mary? She was a harlot. What? Jesus used a harlot? And she was the one that had seven devils cast out of her. What? She was a harlot and devil-possessed? And yet Jesus was able to use her. It doesn't matter about your past. It matters where your heart is toward Jesus right now. He is able to use you, give you understanding, and use you mightily in the kingdom of God right now. Where's your heart, men of God? 
So um, Luke 8 and 2 says, And she had a sister called Mary who, was, who sat at the feet of Jesus. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but I go to my brethren and, and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken to her. And then um, Luke 8, 2 says, And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. So those are all the scriptures to support this. This, let's see. So don't qualify yourself. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad and how messed up you thought you think you've made your life. God can take it right now and, and turn it around, and you can do great and amazing things for the kingdom of God. Amen. Absolutely. So, you know, there's all kinds of evangelists out there. So we think back to who was the first evangelist. And I kind of like to think the first evangelist was a woman. You know, it wasn't one of the apostles. It was the woman at the well of Damascus. So in John 4, 28 through 30, it says the woman then left her water pot. So if I remember right, she had to go walk a good distance and she had to go in the heat of the day because she wasn't allowed to associate with the other women that went to the well in the cool of the morning. So she'd go by herself because she was looked down upon because she had been had had several different husbands, married, you know, just, you know, people just didn't like her because of that, you know. So she had her water pot full. Now, why would you just leave your water pot? You walked all that way in the heat of the day, worked so hard to get your water. Something must have happened. So the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. To me, that's an evangelist. She went and told about the Christ, told about the Messiah, told him about Jesus, and then drew them to him, you know, to the meetings, to, be, to find their own salvation, to, find the, to hear the truth and see the truth. So to me, she was the first, the first um, evangelist. So you're filling there as woman at the well. This woman had been divorced seven times, and was actually living with a man that wasn't her husband. So again, don't disqualify yourself because of your past. Just follow Jesus with all of your heart, and he can use you mightily. This woman was not trained. She didn't go to Baptist college, Assembly College, Pentecostal College. She didn't go to Kara. She didn't go to Rama. She didn't go to Duke Divinity. She didn't go to any school. But she believed. She was not trained. She just told them what Jesus had done for her. Being a witness is as simple as that. Following what God has called you to do is as simple as what Mary said. Here I am, Lord. Use me as you would. That's all it takes. Just telling others what Jesus has done for you. So I'm just going to throw this in. You know, people say women like to gossip and we like to talk. I don't know the statistics, but I remember reading somewhere that women say, thousands and multiple times more words a, a day than a man does. And she, you know, you guys have all heard that. We say a lot more words than the men do every day. I know you can attest to that, honey. Yeah. So let's use our words and let's spread the good news of what God has done for us. That's right. 
Let's use that ability to speak and use the words that we like to talk about so, so much and spread what Jesus has done. Give out the good news. Tell them the plan of salvation. Tell them the way to heaven. Show them the way to heaven. Show them our love. You know, show them what Jesus has done for us. That's right. So uh, we're going to move on to number three. This is Paul's writings about women in the church, okay? When you interpret New Testament scriptures, you must interpret them in the light of the whole, which is your fill-in, New Testament, okay? If Paul was so against women in places of authority in the church and they were not able to teach men, would Paul vouch for or give his endorsement for, for these women listed below? So one of the... the um, ones uh, listed is the Apostle Junia. So let's read uh, Romans 16 and 7. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners who are of among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Now hopefully that just blows anything you th- were thought about women uh, having a, posi- a, a, a position in the church of authority. Hopefully that just blows that out of the water, right? Women can hold any position in the church that any man could be called to. So we're going to talk about those controversial scriptures here in a little bit, but I want I want to establish that women you can be called to any position. Do not believe any of those things that you've heard that you are not able to to fill these positions okay god can use you if you have a willing heart and again we establish it doesn't matter about your past doesn't matter about your age right god will use you where's your heart toward him now so uh, the next one is prophets all right philip the um the deacon his daughters were the um prophets now, this man had four virgins, daughters who prophesied. They were prophets in the, in the um, New Testament church, okay? Uh, Acts, oh, so that was that one. So also in the New Testament, it says Anna, the prophetess, prophesied over Jesus, right? She was a, an important figure. She was written in the New Testament, and it was important that people knew, know that Anna, who was a woman, prophesied about Jesus and what was going to happen in his life. And it did accord exactly what she said. So in the next one, pastor and teacher, Priscilla. So Romans 16, 3 through 5. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. So wife and husband. Priscilla is named first, which shows me that she was of more power or rank at the time than Aquila. My fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved, who is the first fruits of Achaia to Christ. So, and then the next verse, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. So to me, they have a church, even though the church is in their house, it's still a church. That's right. So she's listed first, leading me to believe that she's the pastor of the church, of, of authority. 
And then here it talks about them being teachers. So she's also listed as a teacher. So they're preacher, teacher, pastor is Priscilla, who is very, very well known. And then next we have deacon, deacon Phoebe. So in Romans 16, 1 through 2, I commend you to Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Centuria, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. So it doesn't say deacon, but it says servant. So servant, if you look at the Greek word diakonos, translated as servant, is translated elsewhere as well as can be as deacon or servant. So women can be deacons in the church as well. That's right. So your fill-ins here are Junia, Philip's daughters, Anna, Priscilla, Phoebe. So again, you know, there are still many, many more women in the New Testament that we don't have listed or talk about today that can be examples, and they served in the church in positions of leadership. You know, and Paul supported this. You know, people say, we're going to talk about it, how Paul, you know, wrote things that could be controversy. But here he's saying, this is Phoebe, my servant, my deacon. You know, this is Junia, an apostle. This is Anna, you know, a prophet. You know, this is Priscilla. She's a pastor. That's right. So any women can hold any position in a church. So whatever you've heard, that's not, that's not true. Any woman can hold any position in the church. So number four, all right, this is where we're going to kind of get into the meat, and this is where all the controversy comes from. The difference between wife and woman in the Bible, okay? A is wife is your first fill-in, and then woman are the same Greek word. Gun. I think is how it's pronounced, and should be translated in context, okay? So Greek, the um, Greek expert says you have to look at it and see how it's written to know and understand if it's woman or if it's wife, okay? So also man, your next fill-in is man, and husband is your next fill-in, are the same Greek word aner, and should be translated in context, Okay? Now, I know this is very wordy, but I, you know, I, you know, people are going to want to know, well, where'd you, where'd you get this from? But uh, Dr. P.C. Nelson was a Holy Spirit-filled minister and theologian, and he founded in 1929 Southwestern Assemblies of God Bible Institute. He, would, he could read and write 32 languages and was an expert on Hebrew and Greek. Nelson was a theologian that Kenneth Hagin studied under and used in his book, The Woman Question. So you can write that name down. The book is by Kenneth Hagin, The Women in Question. He goes into much greater detail on these things um, and uh, explains a whole lot more than what we have time here today. So um, it's something that I would highly recommend you guys get, okay? So if you've got further questions on it. So B says, so in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 38... Let your women keep silent in the church, for they are not permitted to speak, but they will be 
submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is shameful for women to speak in a church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I wrote to you are the commands of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Let's see, also 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 12 says, Let a woman learn in science with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be silent. Oh, my gosh. Well, that kind of sounds like a woman shouldn't have a place of authority or be able to teach a a man at all. You know, Um, some churches teach the only position that a woman can hold is maybe to teach the children and young children. Once a boy is of a certain age, then, well, they don't believe that she should teach, um, you know, uh, a teen, a teen boy. Right. But that is not how this is to be interpreted. Okay. So, let's see. Also in 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Okay? So now that's the one. So uh, where it says 1 Timothy 2. Let's see. Did I skip your head too much now? No. So 1 Corinthians 11.3 says where it says the uh, translated wife and husband or it should have been translated wife and husband, not man and woman, okay? So what happens is it is true that uh, in, in the home, the husband is the head of the wife. They have more responsibility, right? They are responsible, responsible to God to, to, to oversee the house. It does not mean that the, wi- the wife... Um, has to be in complete utter submission to him no matter what he says. But he does have, you know, authority in the house uh, that God has set. So um, let's see. If you understand this, then these other verses uh, fit like Galatians 3 and 28. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Let's see, is that Galatians? No, that's still that's Corinthians. Corinthians. <laughs> I, don't, I may not have Galatians in your notes. You might not have it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then 1 John 3 and 1 basically says that we're all, there we go, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So when we come into Christ Jesus, as far as God is concerned, there is no, that's not male or female. Anyone is able to fill any position in Jesus Christ, whatever follower there are in Jesus Christ. And then 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know him because it did not uh, know us because it did not know him. Guys, we're all children of God. We're, we're all, there's neither male nor female. So as far as God is concerned, anyone who has a willing, obedient heart, who will listen and hear and follow, can be used in any of these positions. But these are the scriptures um, that people use to say, no, that you should not have authority, you should not teach, you should not be able to have, be a pastor or a teacher or any of those things. So I know there's a lot said there, and I'm... I'm I need to kind of circle back and say, 
when it's talking about um, women not speaking in the church, it's actually talking about the wives, you know, speaking to their husbands or, to, or trying to say something to their husbands, right? So in around that time, you know, um, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul is trying to say in um, his reason for saying this is he was trying to bring order to the church, right? He says he wants everything to be done decently in order. So what would happen in the, during this time is the, the men would sit on one side of the church and the women would sit on another chi- side of the church. The women, especially in these societies, were, ne- were not taught, right? They were taught to be in subjection and they had to be in servitude to, to the husband. You know, they had to serve the, the, the children and stuff like that. So all of a sudden they're hearing all these truths and the wives are sitting on one side they're saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, husband, is that true? So can you imagine if all the men sat on this side and all the women sat over here? And so Pastor Ina is sitting over here where Pastor Dave is, and Pastor Dave is sitting way over here, and something said, and Ina's like, Dave, Dave, is that really true? What are they saying? And then I'm over there, and I'm going, Tim, Tim, is that true? And everybody's talking back and forth. Can you imagine how disorderly that would be and confusion and disruptive? So what Paul is saying is, you know, women, just wait till you get home and talk to your husband at home. Let us do our thing in the manner and order that we want to do, and then you can get, have all the discussion at home that you want. So, because, you know, Paul wrote this, but we already talked about and showed you where Paul supported a woman pastor and a prophetess and, and an apostle and teachers that were women, and he said, these, I, I vouch for them. Like, I support them. I'm, you know, yeah, they're good. I put them in, you know, they're put in this position. God has called them to do this. So you look at the verses, and Paul's just wanting order in the church. So back then, that's how they were. The women sat on one side, the men sat on another side. They were yelling back and forth, disrupting everything. Yeah, I mean, they were hearing some truth that they had never heard before. What do you mean? Women, women can serve God? Women can do anything? And like, you can imagine a, a woman who has just been held down for so long, all of a sudden hearing this truth, and they're like, is that, is that true? Is that right? <laughs> I could imagine they were pretty excited about what they were hearing. So a lot of times, you know, we've said, and Tim has said, the context. So like one thing that Andrew Romack has said is, if you take the text of the Bible and you take it out of context, you're going to get conned by the text. So I love that. So don't be conned by the text. You've got to look at it in context. So we talked about, you know, the women in the Old Testament, the women in the New Testament. So let's talk about women today. So there's a lot of women out there today who are strong in the faith, who are leaders, who teach and pastor. So I'm just going to name a few. I'm sure you've heard of a lot of these. We've got, you know, there was Catherine Coleman, Marilyn Hickey, Amy Simple McPherson, who had the first Christian radio station, Joyce Myers, Heidi Baker, Carrie Pickett, Carly Teradaz, Jennifer Costell. Just look at this. The list can go on and on and on and on. What more evidence do you need? Oh, but there is more. Yeah. So I want to ask Pastor Ina. Is Pastor Ina in here or is she busy? There she is. She's standing up back there. So Pastor Ina, you stand, please. Pastor Kimberly, please, can you stand? Pastor Lorraine, can you please stand? 
and we have Pastor Diane here. So we have other anointed teachers like, Pat, like Vicky. Can you please stand? Vicky, can you stand? That's right. Veronica, can you? She's not here. She's not here. Oops, she's not here. How about uh, Patricia? Can you please stand? Mabel. Mabel, can you stand? Please stand. And Pauline. Pauline, that's right. You please stand. These are some of some anointed, used women of God. Now, I want all you women to stand. Every one of you, please. Doesn't matter how old, how young you are. Doesn't matter about your past, right? You all can be used of God. You are all mighty women, daughters of the living God, and can do anything that any man can do. So please do not, do not hold yourself back. Men of God, I want you to clap and applaud I women. And women of God, I want you to applaud and clap one another. So when God calls you women, there are no disqualifiers. He doesn't always call the equipped, but he will equip those he calls. It does not matter your past, age, or whether you're a male or a female. So You can sit down. So I just, you know... And it doesn't have to be that you're called to be a pastor. It could be you're called to be a greeter, a usher, a teacher, on the altar, help in the sound booth. There's so many different things that we need help with in the kingdom of God and in the church, the body, you know, his body. So if you have, feel like you're called to do any of those, go to one of the pastors and we'll help you get it all figured out, okay? So I just want to close with this. Women and men of God, this is the time for you to be bold and be courageous and do the unique and amazing things that God has called you to do. Wherever the Lord has placed you, will you accept that challenge to be that light in the darkness for the kingdom of God for all to see? Look around you to see who is to your left. Now look to see who is to your right. Will you encourage them to do the same thing? Wake up. Rise up to shine the glory of God wherever you go. You carry the hope that this world so desperately needs, the hope of Jesus Christ. And now is the time to stop hiding and playing it small. This is a dying and hopeless world waiting for you to be obedient. Believe and trust God has the very best plan for you. And follow him to do what he is calling you to do and be today. Don't wait. Don't put it off anymore. Today is the day to change the rest of your life and become that light and hope of beacon that God has called you to be. Today is the day. We sang that. Today is the day. Today is the day. Every tongue will confess. He is the Lord. He is the king. He has called each one of you to do something. Now, you might think it's really small, you might think it's really big. You might think it's overpowering and you're scared to death. I know I was. But you know what? He is going to equip you. If he's called you, he will equip you. That's right. So just take a deep breath. Put your hands out and say, Lord, 
I accept that calling. And just do step out on faith and do what he's called you to do. So I want to encourage you men of God, all right, if you've had any teaching in the past that you can't listen to your wife or to women or teachers or stuff like that, you've been conned. (laughs) The devil doesn't want you to receive the what God himself has placed in these mighty women of God, okay? And so don't listen to that. Open up your hearts to receive what God has given these women to give free to you. You cannot reach the, 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 um, the place that God has for you unless you do this. We're all part of the body of Christ. We all have a part to play. And with, if, that, if the whole body is not doing what they have to do, none of us can reach the, the, the heights that Jesus really intended for us to do. So don't be con, Ben. Look to your wife and says, I, you know, I'm going to hear from you. If you say, I heard from God, then I'm going to pay attention. Yes, you too. <laughs> so be able to receive. What an amazing message and timely. Amazing. We've heard... Guys, we've heard Andrew Womack mentioned up here, along with Joyce Meyer. I thought a little information you should know. Do you know that when Joyce Meyer, she had a, uh, she had a uh, Bible study in the home, she actually went to Andrew Womack and said, what do you think? Do you think that I'm, as a woman, I can do this? She went to Andrew Womack, you know, to get kind of an over, oversight on him. I just Googled up. She has 475 employees now. Whoa. I just Googled it up. And I read an article just a few months ago that somebody crunched some numbers, and it talked about women pastors and women teachers. It said that Joyce Meyer, according to the numbers he crunched, reaches more people on planet Earth with the gospel in one month than Billy Graham did in his entire lifetime. Yeah, Andrew Womack actually uses Joyce Myers as an example. He goes, if I had any doubt that a woman couldn't teach and preach and be a pastor, I look at Joyce Myers and that just goes to the side. <laughs> because he, he, she is evidence, and we have so much evidence, guys. You, meet, you need to interpret the Word of God in the whole, the whole light of the Word of the whole New Testament. And if you do that, you can see that not women can have any position. Don't hold yourself back. So if anybody wants to stand, we're going to, if you guys all stand with me. I just want you to repeat after me. I choose to let the Lord use me as he has mightily, as he has mightily chosen, to do. chosen to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If any of you need prayer, the altar team will be up here if you need a, any prayer for any reason at all. Okay. We love you guys. God bless. Don't forget, fundraiser, $8 or more, whatever the Lord has laid upon your heart. If you can please, you know, go by. It's going to be delicious. Oh, and um, we are going to have food in the foyer um, for the taken. If you guys want, we have some macaroni and cheese. Some boxes, some boxes of peanut butter, some um, chicken helper. You can grab a few on your way out, and we'll have that in the foyer.